Welcome to Aftersight, your home for stories for people just like you. Your vision loss journey isn't something to be ashamed of. Take a listen. And that's the main thing I remember learning when I was taught the slack line when I still had vision is don't look at the line below you, but look at your anchor point that's solid ahead of you. If you want me to cook your dinner, you have to put somewhere to go. <laughs> and I suppose part of this was also my own trying to figure out who I was and how to be in the world in this very new way. Prop, I would say a potted plant because I get sad when the flowers would like wilt, mm. you know, oh. eventually. I'm going to say fresh cut flowers because then I don't have to worry about killing a plant. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really bad at taking care of These people all have the same thing in common. You. Their stories are for your encouragement, your determination, and your inspiration. This is Aftersight. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the podcast Aftersight. I'm your host, Penn Street, and I still feel like I need to say Happy New Year. I'm really excited about 2023. And I hope everybody out there is looking forward to, a, you know, this new year, new possibilities. Today, I'm so super excited. Uh, my guest today is no stranger to overcoming adversity and pivoting his own dreams so that others can reach theirs. Um, his name is Jerome Avery, and I can't wait for all of you to get to know him. And when we come back... Jerome is going to share how his Olympic dreams actually went on to put other athletes on the Paralympic podium. So when we come back, Jerome, which I have heard he's he should, if he doesn't, has a hashtag guiding blind. Um, and Jerome also is going to share, I want to say it's his mantra, his motto, which really touched my heart in so many different ways, and I'll get him to explain that, but it's uh, what got you there will keep you there. All right, hang on, and we come back um, with Jerome Avery. You're listening to Aftersight with Penn Street, an AINC original podcast. If you enjoy what you hear, please visit aincolorado.org for more shows, news, and articles read by our amazing staff and volunteers. If you have a question for Penn or would like to recommend a guest for future shows, please visit aincolorado.org slash podcast dash guest. And now here's your host, Penn Street. Jerome, welcome to Aftersight. Hey, hey, thank you for having me, Penn. It's good to be here. Absolutely. I've been so excited ever since I heard your pre-interview with Jonathan. Um, I was telling Jerome that I don't always listen to the entire pre-interviews because I want like some surprises. I don't want to know everything about my guest because um, I, you know, I want to put myself in the seat of, of our listeners out there. But Jerome, <laughs> I could not turn it off. He really um, sucked me in and and kept me there um, because your energy and just your zeal for life is is contagious. So I'm so excited to have you here. Thank you for having me. That makes me feel good to hear that. That made me sound like I know, I know what I'm talking about a little bit. And I just <laughs> it's, it's just a part of my energy, just to keep you motivated and excited. And that's that's me. Absolutely. Well, Jerome, I don't know if you've listened to any of our episodes, but on the top, I always like to ask our guests just a few kind of random questions so we get to know you a little bit more before we dive in. Is that all right? 
Let's go. All right. So if you could change one thing about yourself, what would it be? If I can change one thing about myself, you know, uh, I tend to sometimes put everyone first and not focus on myself at, mm. at, at times when I feel that that's a need in order for me to be the person that I am. So focusing a little bit more on myself would probably be it. That would be a great goal for the new year. Yes, most definitely. Jerome, what's your biggest fear? Uh, I'm going to go with the cliche, but failure. Ooh. Definitely that. You know, um, I, I really feel that, you know, everything that I've done, I've worked hard to accomplish. And I, I've, I, I just put in the work and, and to not be successful at it, at it, that's, that's, that's a hard, you know, pill to swallow at times. Yeah, absolutely. What's the best advice that you have ever received? Um, it's, it's probably one door closes, another one open. Mm. You'll do great in anything in, in everything that you do. Absolutely. I love that. I love that. And it definitely, <laughs> it's, it's definitely happening. Mm. So Jerome, I know the work that you do, trust is one of the key components. Can you remember the moment in your life that where you really grasped what trust was? Um, I think it was just my upbringing, my family, the support that I had around around me that that put me in a position to be to be um, who I am, you know, and mm -hmm. that allowed me to carry that over to do what I do as a guide runner. Awesome. So my family, my family had, had the most they're the most supportive people that I've ever been around. And they constantly push me to, to do what I want to do. And and that's where it stems from. Wow. That's beautiful. You hear me say family all the time because, you know, they are my rock and mm. they allow me to be who I am. That's awesome. Yeah, I often say that about my family. That's my support system, too, that they're my heart because without yeah. them, I wouldn't be able to to go on. So that that's wonderful. Now, Jerome, what if you had a uh -huh. theme song, what would it be? If I repeat that one again, if you had a theme song, what would it be? <laughs> That's, that's a, if I had a theme song, huh? I don't think it would be more. I, like I said, I've been excited. Per, I, I, I get very <laughs> excited. Um, my energy. So I'm going to switch it up a little bit. Now, if I was to do a song, it would definitely have to get the crowd pumped up. Right. And my karaoke go-to song Ooh. is Ice, Ice Baby by Vanilla Ice. Oh, I love it. <laughs> You, you see the energy? You feel the energy oh, right there? Oh, yeah, absolutely. It just gets you pumped up. So <laughs> if I was to walk out anywhere, you know, you will hear that. We could even take it a step back. And who was that original singer? David Bowie? I think so. I think so. Yeah, we could yeah. take a step back and say it from them. The yeah. police, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. wow. I love that. I, that, that's a new one. Um, nobody said, and I liked how you, um, stated that if it, it's your karaoke song. So, oh yeah. That's yeah. my go-to right there. I that's love the, it. That's how you get the crowd hyped up. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love that. Well, Jerome, I know that you had your Olympic, your Olympic dreams fall short, not just once, but twice. And mm -hmm. can you share with us how you uh, somehow found it? 
inside yourself that you transcended from your Olympic dreams to becoming a guide at the Paralympics? Yeah. Well, my goal was to be an Olympian. You know, mm -hmm. through my years, I've trained hard growing up in high school. And one of the cool things about the high school that I came from that actually got me even more pumped up is that uh, we had an Olympian that was already there prior mm -hmm. to me coming up in the 68, I think I want to say Mexico City. He won the 200 meters and his name was Tommy Smith. Right. If you're familiar with Tommy Smith, he held up uh, the fist and, you know, he was a he was a, a guy that that came to the high school during his, an assembly and talked about you know his 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 time at being at the games and during that time with civil rights it was tough but i knew at that time you know growing up his family would always compete against my family we grew up in the same area which was wow. Lamore, california small high school it, that just had me motivated from the beginning so my whole dream was to be an olympian I qualified earlier on after high school to for Sydney. So Sydney was my first go around. But I think in Sydney at the Olympic trials, I was just more or less excited to be there. You know, uh, I didn't understand that I, I, you know, what it really took to be an Olympian or even Olympic hopeful. I just happened to be fast on my natural abilities and qualify for the Olympic trials. Wow. So um, lining up for the first race. I had some huge, famous guys right next to me, and I immediately got knocked off of my race because oh. uh, I looked up at the Jumbotron, and I saw one of the big guys by the name of Dennis Mitchell, former elite athlete, and um, I, I want to say medalist. Uh, he was staring at me, and I looked oh. up at the Jumbotron, and that immediately threw me off my game. Oh. So that was the slowest time I ran for the year, and I didn't qualify. So I got knocked out the first round. Mm. And it was just one of those things. What do I do? Do I go on and, and train and another four years or do or is that it? And I chose to continue to run because super yeah. young in the game. And I end up moving to the Olympic Training Center shortly after that. Oh, wow. And not only that, I became not only did I become a an athlete, but more but a student of the sport. So oh. coming in 2004, I felt more prepared and more excited for that journey to ready to get ready to go. And, um, you know, it, it was one of those things. I, I qualified for the, out the first round of the Olympic trials in 2004, out the second round, wow. the third round was the semifinals, and I ended up getting knocked out. So mm. it, it, it was, do I continue to <laughs> train another four years? Because for those that don't know, the games are every four years. Right. Do I continue to train another four years, or do I find something else to do? So during that time frame of a week of me trying to figure it out, I got a call from a great friend of mine who competed for the Paralympic Games, and his name was Marlon Shirley. Uh -huh. He was a single leg amputee, and he said, hey, Jerome, um, I know you didn't make it to the Games, but do you want to go on as a guide runner? And, you know, I've, I've never been around anybody that was blind. And and another thing, I heard free trip to Greece. Oh. So that. <laughs> You know, that, that's that a nice carrot out there, right? You know, you know, that definitely got my attention as well. But <laughs> I was up for the challenge. I was yeah. I was super excited and up for the challenge. Um, two weeks, I, I actually had a, a, maybe a month to truly prepare wow. to get someone ready to go to um, Athens in 2004. Wow. But with that two weeks come along, came along after I didn't qualify, I got a chance to meet a young gentleman 
by the name of Lex Gillette. Hey, Lex. If you don't know who Lex Gillette is. He's super amazing. Yeah. And- uh, we, immediately, we immediately hit it off Aww. as soon as I met him. And, um, you know, I'll go into the quick story on, on our journey for the first part of it. You know, I met him, but before he got there to the training facility, I wanted to put myself in his shoes, even if it was just for that short time frame. Mm. So I put the blinders on in a huge open field and, and, and tried to run. Oh, wow. And immediately I didn't trust myself. Oh. And I did not trust myself at yeah. all. I was, even though I knew there was nothing around me, right? I just did not trust myself. Wow. So immediately it, it showed me that someone was willing to delegate his responsibilities for me to get him from point A to B. Yeah. I also understood that there were certain cues and, and certain things that I have to say in order for him to get from point A to B. So right then and there, right there, communication and trust. That's big in what we do. Yeah. And before I actually started guide running, I was calling. So Lex was a jumper at that time, Frank. We had two weeks to prepare. I felt I was ready to go. And we get to Athens, Greece. After the opening ceremonies the next day, it's Lex time to shine. Mm. You know, get on the long, long jump runway. And for those that don't know, the long jump is a narrow runway and, and you, you, you jump and you you run maybe I want to say his he knows where to jump off his 15th step on his left leg. Okay. So okay. I'm up at the runway and I'm at the board where you would jump off of. Okay. And put him down. Straight, 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 straight. And wow. then I moved out close to me. So you are standing where he's supposed to jump, and you're saying that? Yes, I'm standing right oh, there. I'm wow. actually behind the board so he's so running black, towards you yes he's oh running. my gosh so i'm 10 lex is about six one six two. Oh my so god by <laughs> that talk and you have to move out the way at the last minute just so he can hit the board it's but not it's last very, minute it's last like millisecond <laughs> yeah it's a split second it's super quick wow but in, but in order for me to do my job successfully i have to make sure that he's listening to me and not only that, we're in a huge stadium of oh, 70,000 right. people. And before they jump, there's a big hush sign on the Jumbotron where it says, be quiet so the oh. athletes can jump. So now you have 70,000 people watching legs jump. Oh. That's that's pretty that's pretty scary uh, right it's there. It's making the the hairs on the back of my neck stand up. It's like that's wow. all pressure on Lex and on me to get him down that runway. Wow. So while I called him down for that first one, unfortunately, I moved out the way a little bit too slow. Oh. And I went down. He hit me, and I went down. But I turned around and I saw that he was down in the sand. Oh. And that really scared me because. Immediately, you know, I, I I just thought about him like this guy trained this hard to get here uh, and I just ruined his career. Uh, so what do I do? You know, I, I I didn't panic, but I got up, dust myself off and ran over to him. And I and I asked him, was he OK? He stood. He was a little banged up. But he, as soon as he stood up, the crowd went crazy. Uh, so immediately, mind you, we had an athlete from Greece that was there competing. So it was hometown advantage yeah. for them. As soon as he stood up, the crowd went crazy and they were cheering from him because of, you know, they just they just saw that he was 
you know, he stood up, he was yeah. ready to go again. And, wow. and that's tough. That is really that is really tough. And once he did that, I knew the we had the crowd on our side. Okay. So I think, let's let's do this. You know, the crowd is on our side. And 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 he immediately got pumped up. Not only that, it just showed me that he was willing to give me another chance. Wow. I, I want to say, so we had Lex on the show um, a week or so ago, and he did not mention that <laughs> at all. See, I love to tell this story. I know he doesn't really mention this story, but wow. this right here just showed me that he was willing to give me another chance to get him down. Mind you, I've only known him for almost three weeks. Oh, my gosh. So for him to give me another chance, that's when I knew that this is where I was supposed to be at this time, and I am not gonna mess this this mm. this this chance up. So he he let me. So once again, we had another shot at it. Yeah. Straight, 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 straight. Boom. He hits the board, and I move out the way just in time, and he gets the silver medal off of his second oh, jump. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So you know, it was that game. I want to say was a little bittersweet before. He got on the podium, and I'm going to tell you why. It's because 2004, I felt that I should have been at the games as an individual athlete. Oh, you know, right. I had all my teammates at the game. So, you know, I got to watch the opening ceremony at the training facility where I trained in San Diego to see my teammates, my roommate yeah. go out there. It was a little, it was a little, it was a little tough for me. Yeah, bittersweet, uh, right? Excuse me? Bittersweet, you know. It's yeah, it was bittersweet. Up until the point in time where Lex was on that podium, oh. the smile on his face, the flag around him, and him thanking me for being there, that's when I knew, you know, I was, at that point in time, I was put here for a purpose, and yeah. that's to be someone else's eyes. Oh, Jerome. And I definitely think that's when the mantra, success through selflessness, yeah, you know, definitely came forward. Guiding lies, yeah, you know. All of those things really came forward because of because of that that first little bit of of putting someone on that podium. Yeah. And and to me, I can't even think of a gift that's greater than letting somebody else shine. You know, you there was a, a quote that I um, that kind of hit me when you and Jonathan were talking that you said, um I want them to be recognized. And it's such a short sentence. And I don't even know if you understand how strong that, that one sentence is, because not just in, in sports or what you're doing or, 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 or that gift of wanting others to shine, others to be recognized is, <laughs> It's a gem. It's something that it doesn't happen every day, Jerome. And I hope you understand, especially somebody like me and 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 probably many of our listeners, how that that one statement is really going to resonate with them. Well, I appreciate that. I mean, I am who I am because of my parents. I was brought up that way. You know, my father, he was he he worked for the government. My mother worked for the state. And helping your fellow man and woman has always been a part mm -hmm. of my upbringing. Not only did my father work for the government, but he was also the track coach and the summer oh. track coach. So he, he 
he worked with kids. He brought in kids that yeah. didn't have the shoes for track, you know, or didn't have the means for to get to a track meet. We we he put things out there to to get these kids on the right track. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I've seen this growing up and that became a part of me, you know, so, you know, I've, I, I lived through this, you know, this, this is my lifestyle because of how I was brought up. I just didn't understand it yet, but this is where I was supposed to be, you know, and, yeah. and I tell people this early, you know, earlier on, you know, guide running, you know, you have to have that cadence. You have to be in sync. Yeah. You have to communicate. And, you know, the in sync part came from me, you know, I don't want to brag a little bit, but I like to say that I'm a pretty good dancer, you yeah. know? Yeah. That's, that's a great, be, that is a great analogy you know, of what you're doing. And you're coming out the block. It's like, bah, 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 wow. bah, 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 and you're picking it up. And, yeah. and, and then it seems even more, you know, the connection of, of the tether, you know, mm-hmm. I, I'd like to tell people, you know, it's similar to almost like almost a three-legged race. So if yeah. you've never done a three-legged race, that's when you tie your leg, <laughs> yeah. feet up in the inside and you're mimicking each other cadence. Yes. And, and you're guided, you're in sync as yeah. well. Yeah. So that's a way that I'm connecting. And I've done that as a kid growing up. Mm. You know, I've done, I've been at the family reunions, the, the PE, you know, yes. school and PE, three-legged race. And I felt that all of these things I've, I've been doing as an adult, I've learned as a, as a kid. Yeah. And you know, Adapting to certain situations. I've been in certain situations where I had to adapt. Yeah. And that taught me to be a better guide runner. Uh, but what I was able to do to make myself even better as a guide runner was the communication aspect. And when I started guiding, I realized my first race that there wasn't other guide runners that were communicating and talking. And that right. really baffled me. Yeah. You know, Penn, I they weren't talking and running, yeah. but I knew from my individual a- aspect of my life and my career, when I'm in this certain position coming out the starting blocks, I need to be in the in the down phase and my head down, gradually coming up at the 15 meter mark. I need to be coming up tall, yeah. 50 I need to make sure my body up tall. And if the race gets close, I also know I need to lean at the si- at the finish line. Mm. So that's that I brought over to guiding. Wow. So that's why constantly hear me yelling. Set. Drive, 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 drive. Come on now. There you go. Use your arms. We're at the 10 meter mark. Yeah, here you go. Come on. Keep your body up tall. We're at the 30. You're looking good. Come on now. Pick it up. We're at the 60 meter Come on. They're coming in close. They're coming in close. We're at the 90. We're at the 5. Uh, Lean. Uh, and I just gave you a 100 meter race right there. And the crowd goes wild. <laughs> <laughs> and the crowd goes wild with excitement, you know? Yeah. And, and and one of my big things that I, I pride myself on is getting the crowd involved mm. in the classification. Of course, you know, I got a special place in my heart for the for the vision impaired. So therefore, the first thing I tell the crowd is that they can't see you, but they can hear you. Mm. Make some noise. Absolutely. And that was one of the things that I felt with my platform that I can do is to make sure that they're recognized. Yeah. Wow. Gets me pumped up. Uh, I feel right now. I know. <laughs> well, so you, you were talking about the communication. I Actually, it was the last marathon that I ran, which I know is very different than, you know, your sprints that you're doing. But I I was with a guide that I had been, I had been running with training all summer for the, you know, we did the 5Ks, 10K, you know, all that 
to build up to this marathon. And the night before we went out to dinner and somebody had jalapenos on their meal and they're like, oh, I better not eat these because we're running tomorrow. Well, my guide goes, oh, I'll take them. And he just shoves them in it. And I was like, oh no, you did not just do that. And sure enough, the next day, he was hurting um, on wow. a lot of different levels. And yeah. I felt like I was the one that was like, go, go, go. We got to go, go, go. And oh, yeah. uh, well, what happened was he got dehydrated, um, um, you know, probably even halfway through the race. But I wasn't. So I was strong. But I didn't have a choice. And he knew I didn't have a choice. And so when mm -hmm. we came into the stadium for that final lap on the track, he was so depleted that he wasn't paying attention and he didn't tell me that there it was it wasn't very high maybe like a half an inch um and my foot hit it just right or wrong depending on how you look at it and i went down and um. and i knew i had done some damage on my ankle but i was so angry <laughs> that i got oh. up and i said we're finishing and and we did and we literally mm -hmm. got across the finish line and he just completely collapsed the medics came over and i was so angry at him um and and i and i haven't done a marathon since then but but it was that communication and i think it goes beyond the race, um, mm -hmm. you know, especially with 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 your guide and for anybody out there that that's interested in, you know, track and field, it's you you do depend on that guide. And and I've never run with him since, um, mm -hmm. you know, I got a lot of jokes like, oh, Penn ran her guide into the ground, whatever. But uh -huh. um, yeah. but one of the things that really, you know, stood out with your interview, your pre-interview with, with Jonathan is that energy that you, that you know that they're putting their trust in you, but I think, or at least I felt that you trust them. You trust them yeah. to show up at the top of their game um, to match, match your energy. And that's what gets them across. So one of the things that Lex shared is that that first race, you know, or not race, but the the first jump and, and with you and he and he um, and he went on to be on the podium. He felt like when he was standing on the podium, he it wasn't just for him. It wasn't just him getting the medal. It was his his mom and grandmother and his coach um, and for you the people that helped got him there. And I don't know if all athletes feel that, but I know yes. it's somebody who has a disability i i feel that too whenever i get recognized for anything all the people that helped got me there like flash through my mind and that goes into my my next question is so the uh, you know the paralympics with with lex and then you went on um to be you know uh, a guide for athletes after that at the next Paralympics, how did you make that transition from, or was it, or was it a natural transition because you were a runner from Lex mm -hmm. to the next athlete? I think it was somewhat of an easier transition for me to be honest because I was able to compete at a higher level. So when I got involved in with the next athlete that I ran, it we just fell into it. But 
just just as any athlete that comes in their first time running with the excitement they have we always have the same common goal goal and that's to be the best mm. so knowing that i'm in the position to to help somebody else achieve that without hindering them or slowing them up and allowing them to 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 run as fast as they want that's that's one of the most amazing feelings right there mm. and i want to touch a little bit back on what you were what you were talking about as far as the um you know the guides and 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 knowing their role and 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 having that understanding of the of the trust with their partner you um i just feel like the, i i see the fire that's burning in these athletes mm. when when they do it and and by me being who i am i match their energy yeah. i actually match their energy you know, one of the things that people, a lot of people don't know is that they don't run my my race. I have to run their race. Oh, right. So a lot of people don't know that. I actually have to mimic their running technique, their running form. So I have to switch up my style to match theirs. And Lex was 6162, the guy <laughs> that I ran with, uh, Josiah Jameson, who won gold in Beijing. He's 6465. Six, Whoa. Yes, big difference, big difference. And the guy and and David Brown, who I ran with in 2016, he's five six, five seven. Oh wow! Shorter. So I have to match their running technique and their running form while we while we compete in race. Wow. Do you do you keep in touch with those that you've guided? Like, are, like yeah. I would think it's well, a pretty yeah, intimate yeah. relationship. Yeah, we, I mean, you build a relationship. You know, I was uh, Josiah's. God, godfather to his daughter. Uh, David's still around. He's competing. He just works with another athlete, and and things come full circle. You know, I'm now paired up again, getting ready for Paris in 2024, running with Lex. So I'm oh, super excited. Wow. It's, yeah. Wow. That I that was going to be my next question: Is are you headed to Paris in 2024? What? Oh, yeah, I'm that. But before we get to Paris, we actually have world championships this year in Paris oh, in wow. July. And we have a uh, Pan American games, which is going to be in Chile. I want to say in August. Wow. So these next years are very big years. Wow. Wow. And he's in, is it, it's North Carolina. So how do you guys train together since you're in San so he's Diego? Actually, he trains full time at the Olympic training. Oh, he does. Okay. In San Diego now with me. Oh, wonderful! Yeah, I guess he was in North Carolina because of the holidays, and that's uh huh. Yeah. Yes, but um, but we we get together where he lives right down the street from me downtown. We're both downtown guys. Oh. Lives down the street, so when I get up and go to practice, grab him, and we'll head straight to practice and get it in. Wow, wow! Yeah, it works perfect. And I couldn't be paired up with uh one of the most amazing people um on and off the track. You know, mm-hmm. he's. Lex is someone that I've learned so much from, you know, as far as, you know, the way that I talk, the way that I communicate, how I paint the picture for any and everybody to see it, even mm. if they can't see it, or if they close their eyes. Mm. I want to be able to paint that picture. Wow. Well, that was going to be one of my next questions. How does your your guiding skills sort of bleed over into the rest of your life? <laughs> it's so funny, too. Uh, I was talking about um, I think it's more empathy as far as, let, uh, put an example, you know, dating life, my dating world. I find myself 
you know, making sure that they're on the inside, even though I was always like that, but just aware of everything, my surrounding, you mm-hmm. know, say a curve, watch out, we got a curve. Even though I know they can see it, these are just <laughs> things that, you know, come out and I say. And so it's paying, it's paying attention to every detail and every aspect of, wow. of my life now. Wow. Wow. And how are, how are your, I'm sure your parents are just overjoyed with your journey and, and where you've landed and all the people that, you know, you've helped shine. What, what are, what are some of their comments about where you are in your life right now? Uh, my, um, my father passed away in 2013. Oh, I'm sorry. But he's a big supporter of what I did. He's the one that actually told me to continue after 2008, when I was able to put someone else on the podium, I retired for a couple of years mm. and he knew that that fire was still burnt, burning inside that I, I wanted to compete. And he was the one that says, go back to the training facility. This is where uh, you belong. And uh. so he pumped me up and got me more motivated to do it. And my mother, she constantly brags on me, you know, about my journey. And when I first started this, a lot of people didn't understand the Paralympics, but now I mean, as you know, you, yeah. you see them, you see Paralympians on commercials, you yes. see them doing so much. Um, and and everybody, it's it's everywhere, but it's it, it's supposed to be that way. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's supposed to be that way. But being in this position I am as a guide runner, you know, I go into practice each and every day, knowing when you know that you're here for a purpose you're put on this earth for a purpose. You're just, you're always fired up. Yeah. Even on those days where you don't really feel like going and doing this. When I step onto the track and I see Lex excitement mm. of, of training, of, of getting better, that doesn't do anything but pump me up to get better too as well. Yeah. that's a, Well, and I wanted to go back to that, that mantra or the, the quote that you had and you said it several times with Jonathan is, and I huh? think it might've came from your dad, but um, what got you there, what got you there will keep you there. And huh? I, I just love that. Can you share where that came from and, and how you it used that? Old coaches mm. who, you know, he understood sometimes you don't have to do that. You know, if, if you start, it basically started from our training a whole year, of, of us training hard to get to that podium mm-hmm. and being at that podium, you don't feel, you don't have to do or getting when you're almost there, you don't have to do extra. So that's where mm-hmm. that came from. What got you there will keep you there. Sometimes we, we lose, we lose it. And we think that we have to do more mm-hmm. when we're already prepared. Wow. That's where it stems from. Wow. I, I love that. I, I've shared this on Aftersight before, but I had a friend, gosh, I was probably in my 20s that shared this philosophy of show up, work hard, and don't okay. fall in love with the outcome. And what that means I, is if you show up and you work hard, the outcome will that is meant to happen is going to happen. It may not be the outcome that you thought would happen, but you got to be open that if you show up and work hard, it's the outcome that's meant to be. And that that she doesn't even remember telling me that because I, I ran into her. But it from the second I heard that, it stuck with me. And I think that's why yours 
really stood out to me because it's it's that same thing you know it's like you know what got you there you put in all that work and that effort and that training and and built up that muscle memory um mm -hmm. and and that and that does take you on you know and I, and i think people who you know especially people who are blind or or have a different other different abilities that you do put in that work you you learned that you you've had to pivot your life to learn new skills and new ways of thinking and and if you put in the work and really get that into your muscle memory you don't have to totally focus all the time if you're going to do something right or wrong just trust those skills that that you've had yes, most definitely you know uh we also go by you know make your mistakes in training so you be prepared for the competition. I mean, sometimes mm. you, you you have to learn, and that's working with different athletes that I've had the opportunity to work with. We 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 it's trial and error from the you know from certain things. You know, as a guide, I also need to be guided in order to be successful as a guide. Mm. So hearing that feedback from Lex, from Josiah, and how I'm guiding is very critical and important. Mm. Those are very critical important sometimes they may want to hear something else versus what i've said yeah and those cues are very important that feedback is is also very important yeah absolutely i know when i'm downhill skiing and most of the time my my husband is my guide and we have a very pretty good communication system but when i have to switch to a different guide holy uh -huh. smoly i feel <laughs> and we always always like the first run is is an easy you know easy green so we can kind of work out that communication before we hit the hit the serious stuff and but it is i you know you kind of get in the sync with your guide and then if you have to switch it it takes a little bit of time do you think like with lex because you did work with him before do you think that came easier or is it was it really like starting at zero again um, you talking about after working with him the second time? Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's easy. It was it it was definitely easy. Oh, okay. even though me and Lex weren't training together, we're always together. Mm. You know, we have a me and Lex have a strong relationship, a brotherhood. So we're always picking each other's brain on and off the track. Oh, that's so it was, awesome. It was it was easy. We both connected and got in sync right away. Yeah, yeah. Jerome, a lot of our listeners, um, they, they ask about this because, you know, because you're you you're a podium, you've been on that podium through through the people you guide and mm -hmm. um, you've accomplished so much. And, and I've interviewed other people, you know, like Eric Weimer and, and who've summited Mount Everest. And a lot of times we focus on that accomplishment, but we don't focus on the hard work that got, got them there, which is awesome that you're sharing that. But mm -hmm. people ask, well, what, what do you do? You know, what does, what does Jerome do when he feels like he's stuck in a rut or in a dark space? Like what, what are some of the techniques you use to sort of get back on track? You know, I been blessed to be around the most positive people on earth, people mm. that I'm comfortable enough to talk to if I'm having a bad day. Mm. And that circle is small, but that circle is very strong. And I, 
my mother, my siblings, Lex Gillette, and my coach. Mm. The people that I constantly I'm around keeps me zoned in, focused, and allow me to release some of that frustration so I don't carry it in to anything that I do. Oh, and yeah. I gotta, I gotta say, my pup too. I got a big dog now. Oh. Do quarantine, so my pup and 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 you know I, I meditate through my plants. I'm I'm obsessed with plants, mm. and that's another space that I have to, to to get away from. You know, my patio. I I have a lot of plants and watering and see the growth of the plants from the beginning oh. and to where they're at now. That that just keeps me calm and motivated. So it's 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 all my surroundings. Wow. You know, you know, I, I'm, I would like to say there's nothing negative that I'm around and mm. having that inner environment that really, that it puts a toll on you. Yeah. And I noticed if that's not in my environment, it allowed me to be so much more successful, creating ideas, you know, just being vibrant, vibrant and, 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 and excited about yeah. life. Yeah. yeah. That, so that those is, things, yeah, that's true. Yeah. I mean, I know growing up, my my parents are always said, you know, you're only as good as the friends you hang around with. Yes, most definitely, that's strong. <laughs> yeah, and I love to, uh, Jerome, how you shared about the plants and your dog because we've talked <laughs> about that on here too. Of if you have other people, animals, plants, anything out there that that is dependent on you for their survival. It, yeah. it gives you something that you have to do every day. Like I have a guide dog and, and you know, his name's Beethoven and hey, he, Beethoven. yeah, and he, I'm surprised he hasn't made noise in the background because he usually does. Uh, but he, I have to get up in the morning, mm -hmm. you know, no matter how much my body's aching or creaking and, and, um, and it's, you know, because you feel that, you know, nose, that warm nose on, you know, digging in on the side oh, yeah. of the bed, like, okay, it's time. And, or same thing with plants, which I was sharing with Jerome. I'm not a plant person. I, you know, even succulents don't survive in my home. But, oh, but oh, every, I know. I got to send you one that I know that will survive. <laughs> that would be great. But yeah, <laughs> it's, we do, I, I think what, keeps people in the dark and in that negative space is that they don't they don't feel in that they, they matter and i think when you have things like plants and animals and people um you know and also to surround yourself with that positive attitude and the positive situations that jerome talks about so thank you for sharing that because we we do get asked that a lot like oh well these people are on top of the world they're probably never never down well they are but they they've acquired skills you know you guys have you know and we've acquired those skills that that pull us up out of it yeah most definitely absolutely you know um I really feel that it's strong to not only encourage, but push with encouragement. And what I mean by that is, is, you know, good job, not just good job to me. I hear that, which is great, but I want you to say, that's awesome what you're doing. Now, what else are you adding on to that? You know, talk to me about that encouragement. So, so push me with more than just saying a great job. And, mm -hmm. and once again, I'm around those people that do that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 
Well, Jerome, what's next for you besides Paris? What's next for what's next in your, you know, your future here? Well, um, you know, this has been amazing. Build, doing team building activities, that's that's been real big right now with me and Lex. We uh we do team building activities with corporate groups where we connect two co-workers together, put a blinder over one of them, mm. and immediately you go into, you know, when you have someone that has that loses their sight just right then and there, immediately you have to trust the person that you're with. Right. And, and we're, we're we're just all we're doing is amplifying some of those th- senses that we tend to get away from. And that's the importance of trust and communication. Oh, wow. So, so this is something that is we've been touring the United States now, which has been great. So fitting that training schedule in, which yeah. is very important. That's the first and foremost, but also making sure we spread the awareness of what we do, you know, on the track, but what we're trying to create and 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 build, you know, and and bring that awareness to the Paralympic movement, period. Absolutely. Well, it's that what is that old saying is uh, feed somebody who's hungry, you feed them for a day. But if you teach them how to grow their own food, then you you know, you feed them oh, for yeah. life, something like that. Well, I, I knew if you get that, I would have messed it up if I yeah. would have said it. <laughs> Jerome, well, so, you know, there may be people out there listening that are really interested in, in your team building experiences. How do they find out more about that? Um, you can uh, follow me on social media. Mm-hmm. My social media is pretty much all about motivation, excitement. And, you know, I share my journey with my plants uh, my dog and and Lex is always on my page too as well. So underscore Jerome Avery underscore at Instagram, or you can reach me at JeromeAvery.com, which is my website where I constantly, you know, share stuff. Now we, we're going to do a, a, not a podcast, but we're going to do like a morning show. Me and Lex are on oh, a journey fun. On, on, you know, on our way to practice. We're going to do maybe two to three episodes where we're just talking about how we're feeling something to get you motivated and pumped up for the Mm. day, you know, just, you know, just something to get you moving. We would love to stay connected with you and be able to push that out on our platforms. If you guys are open for that. Awesome. Awesome. So um, we will put Jerome's contact information um, in the podcast notes so you guys can have them but yeah check him out on instagram and then his website is jeromeavery.com and um you know regardless if you're you know a company a corporation that's looking for some team building experiences or you just want to be inspired um you know i i've been on both those and it it really is a lot of a lot of amazing takeaway which speaking of takeaway jerome what what would you like our audience to take away from today's conversation you know one door closes another one opens mm. opportunity always there as an individual athlete i was able to carry it over as a team player and and you know i tell people my success as an as an individual athlete i, I felt was amazing but my success and where I'm at as a guide runner, it's through the roof and beyond. I'm at, I'm in outer space now. I don't even know where I'm at <laughs> because of once again, it allowed me to be around so many amazing uh, people and to share my experiences through my upbringing and, and the journey as a guide runner. Mm-hmm. So one closes, another one open, believe in yourself, believe in your abilities 
and things will happen. Trust me, things will happen. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I love that. So, Jerome, I've been asking you questions. Um, huh? I always give an opportunity for my guests to ask me a question. Would you like to ask me a question? And what would it be? Oh, well, I, first off, I think we talked a little bit. Penn Street. I love the name. <laughs> I love the name. And how is it to do downhill skiing? Oh, you've never skied? I've never skied. <gasps> Jerome, we need to fix that. Um and I, when I talked to Lex, he he said he did ski, but you know, but he doesn't ski while he's training because he doesn't want to. Because you you can get hurt skiing. Um, Man, that's what I hear too. It's not it's not it's not easy. You can't just jump into it and go full throttle. No, no, it's not recommended that you do that. It, it's amazing, Jerome. Uh, it's it's freedom to me, and I'm I'm untethered when I ski. <laughs> My my favorite thing is, and I like to go to the ski places that aren't super crowded because um, uh -huh. it's more obstacles than than fun sometimes. But what we do is is we'll hit the lip of a of a run, and my guide will look, you know, backwards and forwards, and he goes, "It's wide open, go for it." And I use a headset, um, so we're Bluetooth connected, and and I just I just go. And I can go <laughs> as fast as I want to. And they're, of course, behind me. Um, and that, you know, if I get too close to the trees or if they see something, an obstacle in the way, or if they see like ice or something, they'll say something in the headset, but they only say something in through the headset during that time if it's dangerous. All the rest of the yeah. time, it's just quiet and it's me and the air and the snow and it's, there's there's nothing like it. Um, I mean, I love running, you know, huh? and but ah, uh, there it's like you're. <laughs> I don't even know how to describe. It. It's like you're floating on air, and even when you hit ice, it's this like <laughs> sound. Uh. But I've learned like you just kind of melt into it, and it, it's just there's there's nothing like it we got to get you you know as soon as you're you you <laughs> don't need to fear you're going to get hurt um you you and lex out to colorado to ski because Let's it's it. it is just uh it, it's the closest and now, thing and especially when you get off that lift at the very top peak of a mountain and you uh -huh. can feel the space all the way around you and it's it's just wide open you really really do feel like you're on the top of the world now we talk about trust that requires a lot of trust yes and communication you know i i'm 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 always connected for the majority of the time while we're yeah. while we're racing that's 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 easier it's yeah. easier to be connected and and that not being connected oh my i can imagine you have to really zone in, trust your trust the person that you're with. Mm -hmm. But uh, also trust yourself. Like, you know, I've, yeah. I've skied for decades and to to trust myself and not get stuck in my head and just mm -hmm. let my body do what it's been trained to do. And it's uh, and it is it's just like letting go. <laughs> Pen, you are amazing. 
<laughs> so are you, Jerome. And, you know, I, I know you're busy with, with what you guys are doing um, with the corp in the corporate world and the team building and then also, of course, training. So thank you so much for taking your valuable time to, to be with us today. And we are going to stay in touch. And yeah, I, uh, I definitely want to know more and share your guys's journey to, to Paris. And then can't wait, we'll, we'll all be cheering you guys on when you guys are in Paris. So uh, thank awesome. you so much, Durham. This has been such a treat. Um, I, you know, I have the best job in the world here and, and people like you make that, make that possible. So thank you. Yeah, thank you. I also tell Jonathan, I said, hello. I they will. Told me, they told <laughs> I will. I will. And thank Appreciate all it. of you out there for, for dropping in week after week. Our numbers keep, you know, raising and skyrocketing all over the world, you know. Even even in Russia, we we've got listeners in Russia right now, and I know there's lots of controversy going on. But this this shows me that you know you guys are out there listening, and you're looking for some you know some sunshine and some hope out there. So um, God be with all of you, and also of course thank everybody at AI and C for all the hard work you guys do behind the scenes. Um, it does not go unnoticed. And and remember to be kind to yourself and to find a way to be kind to somebody else this week. It's good for your soul. Until next week, be good. Jerome, thank you again. Tell Lex I said hello. Well, thank you. Thank you, all everybody. Hey, everybody. Jonathan Price here with Audio Information Network of Colorado. I am the podcast producer here, and I want to thank Jerome and Lex for the past two weeks of being on Aftersight. They are such an incredible interview. They are incredible men and athletes, and I thank you guys so much for being on our show. If you guys loved this show and you want to see more guests like these two guys, would you do us a favor and please leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or anywhere that you consume your podcast. It really helps us out. It gives us the ability to reach people who we may not be able to reach otherwise. So by you guys sharing it, leaving a review, giving us guest suggestions and all that kind of stuff, it would really help us out. Also wanted to let you guys know Blind Level Tech is going to be launching in March. And I can't tell you all the amazing details just yet. We're still working out some of the um, guests and, and other things that go into building a show, but it is coming. It is featuring technology, all things assistive tech from Apple, Google, Microsoft, you name it, we will be covering it. Myself and Evan Starnes will be the hosts and we will bring tons of laughter, tons of guests. If you guys like this show, again, please don't forget to leave that five-star review and send comments, feedback at aincolorado.org slash podcast dash guests. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us on this week's version of Aftersight. Be blessed. Have a great day.